Welcome back, everybody, to the Star Wars Podcast, where we talk all things Marvel, Star Wars, and everything in between. Please take a moment to check our show notes to find our social media, merch, and more. Today's a big one. We are talking about a full season of Star Wars Visions, and I'm so excited. We're going to go into full spoiler details, so if you haven't seen it, I would get out of here. It's a quick watch. They're all short episodes. You, you got time. You hit pause and come back. Um, I'm here with a guy. I don't know how he got here. He had this junky spaceship. He showed up at the starting line. And, you know, all I have to say is... Oh, goodness. They let anyone in these days. Tommy Pizzullo. Tommy, how's it going? Good. And listen, Michael, I know sometimes I embarrass you, but it's just because I'm your pod mother, okay? <laughs> That's what I do. No way we had the same intro on the, on the same <laughs> <was> episode. <laughs> We're in sync already, Tommy. Uh, which is a uh, good yeah. thing for a podcast like this. Yeah, you know, I had a, I had, you know, I'll tell you right now up top. My favorite episode is the one where the small child disobeys authority only to be recognized as a great force user. Just kidding, that's every episode. I know there's a lot of parent <laughs> episodes. It was a lot. There's a theme going on in season two of Visions. Yeah, so when I'm all about it, we're all about the young kids being heroes here. So um, I'm gonna bring on a good friend of the podcast. He is he is our anime expert and Star Wars correspondent. It is Luke McGee. Luke, how are you? Hey, how's it going, guys? Really glad to be here. Excited to chat some Visions with you. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. I mean, what else? Yeah, I was pumped on the release, and I get to see it, and now I'm even pumped, even more pumped to do this podcast. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, and we have another guest here, full roundtable. Um, super excited to be welcoming um, one of the internet's foremost Star Wars animation experts and the host of the Fulcrum Broadcast podcast. It is Michelle. Michelle, how are you? Oh my gosh, what an intro. <laughs> Thank you. I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. I'm honored. Um who doesn't love talking about Star Wars and Star Wars animation. So I'm excited. Yes, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Who do I go to first? Tommy, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, you know, we talked about season one way back. Here we are with season two. We, we've got the full picture. What did you think as a whole? As a whole, as a whole, like sandwich, each ingredients in there and looking at the whole thing. Uh, I loved it. I, I think for me, season one, had some high highs, like huge highs. But there was a couple episodes that were real low for me. This felt very consistent. And like, there wasn't an episode I was like trying, like being like, oh, do I have to watch this one? Each one I was engaged, they had different perspectives. Like we said, kind of a lot of the same things, but I kind of liked that seeing uh, how these different studios took their their uh, shot at, at, at telling that type of story. Um, yeah, I, I want to see it's the same problem I have with season one. I want to see full series on some of these storylines. Like I want more. Yeah, well, I think we're gonna have to wait on the uh, the, the the sequel season. I'm ready for that one. Um, Michelle, I think a big thing coming into this that was interesting for me is they really opened this up to like the whole world of uh, it seemed like everybody on the planet had an opportunity to make a short here, uh, which I felt like gave us a lot of different perspectives. What did you think about the opportunity for all of these different studios across the world to be able to make shorts for season two? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it was remarkable. I think these different studios are a perfect like display of what our world looks like. And they reflect the cultures um, and the people that live in the countries that created these shorts. So they're they're just so diverse and, and 
fun and beautiful in their own unique way. And then as we've already been saying, like there's a theme among all of them, which is so cool that despite all of these shorts coming from so many different places that together they create this very like cohesive volume, but no, I absolutely loved them. And they were each short was each short was unique, but then also just so cohesive with the rest of them. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. All right, Luke, I got to throw it to you now. Uh, season two, has it held up for you? What, what did you think? Man, it was just so refreshing to see all these little studios from around the world all come together and make cool stuff and see different animation styles. And they put their culture into each episode, and you really could tell. Like, you're watching one episode, you probably could guess in what area that came from. And... I think it's, it was really cool to see even some of the smaller studios give it their all for some of these episodes. Like I, I, I really loved this season. It was great. Yeah. I think that's my big takeaway after like researching some of the studios. Like my, my goal was I wanted to, you know, I wanted to figure out the name. I wanted to figure out where they were located and I wanted to figure out, I wanted to like let everyone know what their biggest project is. And there's like two or three that like, I never heard like like there's French studios that just make, you know, French animated movies that I've never watched, you know, so it's like it's not even like these are like, you know, the greatest studios in the world. They picked the ones that truly would be able to express their specific vision, which I think is admirable. Yeah. And I love too, like it's something we've been asking for in the uh, you know on the other side of the Star Wars live actions and stuff is. You know, it's a big universe. We don't need to cover the same characters that we constantly cover. I love that this is like random people that we don't know in the universe. We get to see what happens to them. It's so refreshing because the universe is so big and it's such an incredible world that I want to explore in this way. And I, I love that Visions keeps doing this. I would love to see other, you know, uh, series do this where it's like, hey, we don't need to hear about the Skywalkers. We don't need to hear about Boba Fett. We don't need to hear about these people as much as I love them. Let's give you know, a random person. Come on down. You're on the, the price of Star Wars. <laughs> Not the price of Star Wars. What is this now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, all right, guys. Uh, if you guys are down, uh, I want to start diving into some of these episodes here. And the first one we get is the one that it seemed like this was the one that was marketed the most. It's the first episode. It is titled The Sith from El Garari Studios, which is a Spanish uh, animation studio. This is one that, like, I didn't have any, like, reputable uh, examples of projects that I had ever heard of. But, um, you know, they came up with something really interesting here. Um, let's throw it to Michelle first. Uh, the Sith, uh, what did you think of the short? I absolutely loved it. And I want to touch on what you just mentioned, which is that Sith was one of the shorts used primarily in the marketing and I think that it is absolutely genius because we're seeing these this lightsaber fight. And um, I just I just like hearken it back to um, sort of the brilliance of the Obi-Wan versus Maul fight in Star Wars Rebels, if you all are familiar. Um, it was built up as quite the quite the showdown. And when it happened, uh, it was not. It was about three lightsaber strikes. And that's it's, it's like a, such a controversial thing, I suppose, in, in the Star Wars fandom. But I think over time, people have become to have come to really appreciate it for the beauty that it is. And, and also what that 
episode meant in the larger context of the series. My main point is it was entirely unexpected for Sith to come in here and be not at all about the battle and the fight between her master, but instead to be about Lola's personal sense of who am I? What, what, who, who is this person that I get to become outside of my life as a Sith? And the idea of painting not only being in the, the actual like physical setting that she's in, um, like the art style from the, from the studio, but then quite literally being a part of the plot as it's something she enjoys doing and something that is going to allow her to shape the world. It was unexpected and utterly brilliant and the perfect start to the volume. So I was a huge fan. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you, br you bring up, it's, it's funny because some of my favorite lightsaber uh, fights are like the shortest ones. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. even in the most recent tales of the Jedi with Ahsoka versus the Inquisitor, yes. that's another one that's like, yes. because it tells you like, not only like, uh, it's it doesn't have to be epic to show how good somebody is to best somebody else, and I think that's what's really cool about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Luke, what did you think about the Sith? Oh man, uh, this is one of my favorite ones. I think I think top two for sure. Uh, we get to see force painting. That's kind of cool. <laughs> uh, I I love that aspect of it, and her. I just loved her her double sided katana as well. She had you know. At the end of that fight, it's a regular lightsaber, and then she realizes that she needs her as a human being needs to coexist with the light and the dark. Gets the yellow katana at the end and finishes them off. And it was—I just loved the whole episode. It was beautiful. Tommy, I want to bounce a theory off of you. This is come over that, here. Let me get my cork board out. <laughs> yeah. This is like the only theory I have for these episodes. And I, I'm very confused about where this episode falls in the timeline. I'd read online. People have kind of speculated it's the prequel era. It's kind of confusing because there's multiple Sith, you know, like how does that all work? Here's my, here's my theory, right? She's painting. Uh, the, the thing that she's painting is this, this what appears to be a Sith with these, these yellow eyes. And I think it looks a lot like Darth Maul. And she ends up later hopping on her speeder, which is very reminiscent of Darth Maul's speeder in The Phantom Menace. And then later she gets the double-bladed lightsaber, which is also obviously spawned from uh, Darth Maul as well. So I don't know what the connection is. I, I don't know where I put it there, but I think she had some connection to Darth Maul. I could see, I definitely, like, when I saw that painting, I also instantly went to Darth Maul too. So I don't know. There's, there, there's definitely a connection, right? In some way, maybe they're like, buddies they te text i don't know force text once in a while like hey what's up what are you up to <laughs> yeah uh tommy i threw my theory at you but i didn't get your take no what did you think of the set <laughs> I, I do think that's a good theory but I, well, I think what i love most and everything what you guys are touching on with the sith is just the idea that like sometimes with star wars we do kind of play in that and we started to get into the gray but it's that black and white and i love that this one embraces the sith and like there, she's not this evil twirling mustache. Like it's like she's fully dimensional. Characters can be fully dimensional. You can you know dabble with the Sith, but also like there is this uh, beauty in the art. And and one of my favorite uh, with art, there's a there's an artist out here. I cannot remember the name. Is like uh, he he does like beautiful vibrant colors, and like it will be like a car explosion. And it's like the idea that there's beauty even in the most like awful times there's still beauty there's beautiful purple sunsets and this like stuff and like i kind of got that through the paintings here it's like there's still beauty in darkness and uh i loved it and that was very great way to start the the series 
you know, I don't know how I feel about like because her whole thing was like trying to get away from the Sith, and then she strikes the Sith down, and he's like, "Well, now you're the Sith Master." And it's like, "Well, hold on, I don't know that that was the goal." <laughs> I don't know if anyone had any thoughts on that. He played the Uno reverse card on her, <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, I will say, uh, just visually speaking, uh, I like having seen this in the marketing, I, I thought this was going to be my favorite one. Um, and actually it's kind of towards the bottom of my list. And actually I'm going to go easy on like telling you guys what my favorite is because we're actually doing a ranking podcast of all the visions episodes. So I don't want to spoil too much, but I'll give a general idea and it's not anything to do with the Sith. It's more so that like, I was just blown away by all the other episodes as well. So it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, we're uh, ranking like really great things here. Yeah, we mentioned yeah, it it's, it's less of what you what you didn't like and more of what you liked a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, did anyone yeah, mention the the Darth Maul speeder as well? Yeah, yeah, that, okay. uh, yeah. That's another connection. I'm telling you, <laughs> that, that there's something there. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, do you have anything else on the Sith? No, I I was just gonna say yeah. It's like ranking our A. It's like they're all A's. It's like which A I guess you like better. Like <laughs> that's my feeling about this. I think that's what's interesting about the top fives that we're gonna do is that like I, I can't imagine that they're all the same because it really is just which ones speak to you more personally. Top so. five? Yeah, yeah. We're doing okay. top fives. Let me, let me start to think about it because yeah. um yeah. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> that, is, that is tough. Uh, okay, so um you guys down to move on to Screechers Reach. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So Screechers Reach is from Cartoon Saloon, uh, which is an Irish animation studio. And the most notable uh, project that I saw was Wolfwalkers, which had been recommended to me many times. I've yet to see it yet, but, um, you know, it looks very similar. Um, this one is about a Padawan that goes to seek out a ghost, basically, in Screechers Reach, which, you know, what's cooler than like a ghost story in Star Wars? And um, genuinely freaky. Luke, this was like the the scariest one, right? Yeah, I was I was freaked out. It was like this calamity that she found in the cave, and I was like, "This is so cool." And she's like, she she decides to make that that killing blow. And also, I'd like to note this happens in a lot of other episodes, but she gets abducted by a random force user. I've, I it happened like four times throughout this point. series. They just get they, the kid just gets kidnapped oh for whatever God. situation so they're true. in. And it's like, oh okay, bye friends. I maybe we'll see you. I don't know. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Uh, I like that theme all along is yeah. kin it, we were wrong. It's not about anything we said before. It's about kidnapping. That's yeah. something Kid kidnapping and abandonment issues. Oh yeah. gosh. It's, uh, this is this is human trafficking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I never thought I would use that sound clip again. That's from uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. <laughs> yeah, the Jedi are human. I, I mean, there has actually been a lot of dialogue in the Star Wars fandom about like how the Jedi process is a little toxic from like taking kids from their homes and uh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's it's great that they all have this unrealized potential, but also like, is it for the better? I don't know. Well, and there's a commentary that both the Sith and Jedi do it. Like, you know, where's your moral high ground, Jedi? <laughs> You're also <laughs> kidnapping kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we can talk about when we get to the spy dancer as well. I think there's uh, interesting parallels there. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Who, who wants to go first? What did you guys think about Screechers Reach? 
Uh, I can speak to this. Uh, I wrote down, as I was watching and taking notes, I wrote down legit scary and WTF. (laughs) Because if I thought the first one was unexpected, this one was even more so. Um, Holy crap. Like, so... Uh, I actually am a huge fan of Akakiri from the first volume, which is, I know, most people's least favorite. And one of the reasons I happen to love it is for much of the similar reasons I really love this one. It's just unexpected. And we have such a short amount of time with these characters, but given that the storytelling is so brilliant, we become attached to them and we are emotionally invested in them. And so that feeling of shock that I had at the end of Akakiri, I felt very much the same here. I was like, there is no way Dahl just made that blow and then walked out and walked off with this creepy looking force ghost lady. I, I was, I had to like sit and just like take it in for a couple minutes after the short ended. Cause I was just so surprised and that's, what's brilliant. It just, you know, it, surpasses all expectations um in that way and obviously like visually stunning as well i want to live on the planet that they are on obviously not doing the like terrible work workhouse type of like grueling work that all those kids were doing but i want to live there (laughs) um so it's just such a cool thing to have like a visually very stunning short combined with like just brilliant a brilliant story um i absolutely loved it yeah yeah, I want to speak to these Akakiri haters because uh, I have a word or two for them. Yes, <laughs> that makes me so. I think I I want to find the Akakiri lovers out there because I am one of them. So yeah. yes, I love that. <laughs> uh, Tommy, what what were your thoughts? Uh, yeah, pretty similarly. I, this was probably the one that I I felt bittersweet afterwards because it's like. I love their little group. I love the doll. And I'm like, man, you just want to do something with your life. And then when it finds out that it's like she joins the synth, I'm like, I don't know if this is what you want to be doing with your life, but I guess you made it and I got to support it now. And I don't know how to feel about that. And the friends were supportive. They're like, go do it. Uh, I don't know. I like that's the thing. It's like really well done. I love the way they, they showed. I love the art of the sit down, like the monster, almost like this monstrous. Uh, being in this cave I I think there's so much going on here so many layers to what's going on and again like uh, what Michelle said of like uh, constantly making us question what we know and and making us like reevaluate like where we side where we are and and, uh, yeah I I thought this was another like top top episode for sure Uh, I know Luke has seen this has anyone else seen Barbarian uh, the horror movie it looks a lot like that. that yeah, that, that's why I said this. This kind of looks like uh, that that thing, that barbarian that we were talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah. Very, yeah. If you want, if, if you want more chills similar to this episode, go watch Barbarian. I guess. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. Sith Mother was so cool. Like, I love the design of Sith Mother as well. I, mean, I kind of probably would have went with her too. <laughs> like, I'd be like, all right. Is she a I Sith? I, I feel like this go. You you mentioned that earlier. I, I'm confused. I they, they, they're she, listed as Sith Mother, so I don't oh. know. Yeah. yeah, she looked pretty evil, even though those are giant, like, light. She came I, down in one, <laughs> like, scary ship, too. It was so. very freaky. It looked like uh, one of one of the biblical angels. <laughs> um, and also, I was thinking, I was like, is, did she create that that ghost, maybe for her, to lure her in? Yeah. Possibly, you know? 
and probably presented light too, like be like, because Dahl thinks like wants to be good, so it's like, ah, oh, this is even worse. <laughs> like if you think of it that way, it's a trap. <laughs> I, that's like changed my. I thought it was a Jedi at the end. That's like changed my entire perspective of the episode. Oh actually. yeah, I must have missed that. So interesting. I uh, I wrote down quotes from the conversation that Dahl had with one of her friends. Um. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, one her friend, her friend says there are worse lives, and then she says there are better lives, and I think that is like it's just brilliant because I had also written down like something is calling Doll the whole time. You're wondering what is she after, because if you think it from it, if you think at it from Doll's perspective of like, she just doesn't want to be where she is, and yes, there are worse lives. What if there's something better? And then suddenly the Sith mother comes down and is offering her a literal chance to walk away and fly off. Like, I don't blame her for taking it. Like, but we know that it's that she's a Sith and it's scary. And it's like, oh my God, no, you're you're going down a dark path. Like, we're terrified for her. Um, and that's why I think it's just like such a cool thing that the audience has one perspective and the character doesn't. And that's probably what makes it so like gut-wrenching and you're just sort of horrified at the end. Well, and that's the thing too. Like she's she's pursuing this out of like not a higher goal, but like almost to escape. It's it's yes. she hates her life that she, like this working in the sweatshop. So it's like it does make sense that the sits would be the ones that would be like grabbing her because that's where her, her motivation is. That it, even though she wants to do good, it's coming from a, a dark place as well. It's it's that's what I'm saying. It's very tragic in a way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, well said. Um, I'm down to move on to In the Stars, which, you know, again, I'm not going to talk favorites here, but uh, this is up there for me. This is this is this is high. I've really enjoyed this one. This comes from uh, Punk Robot Studio, which is a Chilean uh, animation studio. Again, another one that I didn't recognize a lot of the projects. Um, but this is about sisters that fight back against the colonizing empire to kind of regain their planet, which. Um, there are so many, um, you know, not I, I must have political, but it's not. Um, there are parallels to things that actually happened to the Chilean people as far as genocide. And like this must be like the most parallel to anything that we get from Visions. It's almost very on the nose um, to where this actually comes from. Um, so, you know, I know, Michelle, you talked about it in your podcast and probably way more elegant words than I did, but always uh, just encourage people to look into that because it's something that I was not aware of. And uh, that's the beauty of what Visions is doing is being able to open us up to not only different cultures, but uh, different events and inspirations that, um, you know, definitely would have gone over my head otherwise. So um, I really enjoyed this one. I'll throw it to Luke first. What did you think of Into the Stars? Oh, dude, this this one was one of my favorites for sure. It was the uh, what what you were saying about the whole parallel thing. Uh, it, it 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 almost made me cry, you know. And the animation was incredible. Like they they went all out here. And I I know this is a small studio, and it probably took them. It looks to be like two years. I was blown away by this episode. Uh, definitely my top five. Tommy, thoughts on In the Stars? Are you as high on it as I am? 
I don't think I'm as high, but it's still like a really, I really did like the episode. I like the, um, also like, like what they were able to do in such a little time too, is like even touching on how we affect our environment, affecting like the, the water, affecting the light. I like that bit of it. I like the, the relationship between the sisters. I think it was very strong. I think it's a very tight, like episode in the sense that I knew what it was trying to do from the beginning. It did it well. Um, and, and like you're saying, the actual real life correlation, uh, elevates it to that much more. Uh, and, 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 and we got a little like force art in here too. I guess it's like everyone's force arting these days. <laughs> yeah, Michelle, you like the force art? I did. I really did. Um, no, this one is in fact my favorite of all of them. Uh, I cried throughout most of it, <laughs> like fully. <laughs> I needed an, a, more minutes after finishing it to cry some more. I particularly like this one because, because of the things that it tries to say about just life and losing people, but having them with you. And one of my favorite quotes from Star Wars is that quote from Luke in The Last Jedi, no one's ever really gone. I think about that all the time, like in my own life. And I think that's for me, for me and for so many people, like why we are such fans of these stories is because we see our own lives reflected in them and we, we see ways of, of carrying on when things are very difficult. And so, yeah, to just hear the story of these two sisters, how they lost their, their people and their, their mom. And then, I mean, it's just, uh, it like literally gets me choked up. Like the, the visual of having their mother still with them, not only in their hearts and their their drive to keep fighting the empire, but then there she is in the sky and, you know, a little star to help continue shining light on them. It's just utterly gorgeous. I truly think this short is one of the best Star Wars stories of all time. Like within all of the different pieces of Star Wars media, this is up there for me. Um, just It's just a beautiful story of hope. Um, loss and hope and everything all you know all the whole cycle of that and and what that means to and to deal with it so yeah I was a big fan uh, so kind of behind the scenes of the podcast for me typically what I do is I like to watch whatever we're talking about once uh, without taking any notes just fully immersed and then the second time what I do is I'm on my phone and I do picture in picture so I can take notes while I'm uh, watching it on my phone. So what I, I was doing that earlier tonight and my three-year-old daughter came over and like, you know, they can watch, I don't care if they watch it, you know, I'm not hiding it from them, but I didn't think they would really like it, but she came over and she's watching the scene where um, the younger sister has been taken by the empire and is getting thrown off the ledge. And like watching her watch that scene was like, it, it was almost like textbook suspense right you could see it in the purest form in my daughter and her reaction to it we're like for like a lot of people like even there's other episodes that like showcase how somebody could get thrown off of a ledge or something but the way they did it here were like uh just the shots of how she was falling and then their hands and then how it looks like she's missed and then she uses the force and then my daughter's like yeah and like it was, i was all about this this was yeah. like and like I don't even think I fully processed how special that was and how like um, technically perfect that shot was uh, until I saw it through my younger daughter. So just a little side note that like that's beautiful. This totally yeah, yeah. So, 
Well, and what works too is like something I'm thinking about now is like the like both sisters have points. I think that's the thing too is like it's not like they're both coming from good places in the sense that like the one's trying to protect, which isn't a bad thing to do, and the other is like, yeah, but we we can like let's not give up on ourselves. Uh, it's the best sister duo. Uh, thinking of another animated duo of sisters that I uh, that we. <laughs> You always got to bring up Roth and Trace for no reason. <laughs> I, I got to keep my title as their biggest ops. That's really what it's about. Uh, but no, but genuinely, like it is, like you guys are hitting on all the points. This is an incredible episode. It just does so much. Yeah. Um, okay. What else? Anybody else have any other final comments on in the stars? I mean, great. What else can you say? <laughs> okay. it, was, I mean, it, was, it was incredible. Yeah. Loved everything about it. Um, this is one, the next one here that, like, you know, seeing the trailer for this just absolutely gobsmacked me, seeing that uh, our man studios, or animation, uh, the British animation studio that does uh, notable things such as Wallace and Gromit and Chicken Run. Like, if you had told, what, like, eight-year-old me that was watching Chicken Run that they would be making Star Wars things, like, uh, this totally works for me. Uh, you know, I'm typically, like, the kind... I, I typically lean towards more of the into the star type episode than I would the I am mother type episode. Right. Like I, I like a dark, darker themes, but um, I don't know if it was the fact that this came right after a darker one, but this would totally work for me. It was so much fun. I thought the characters were really great. Um, who wants to talk about I am, I am your mother first. I'll start dude. This, I love this episode. I was, I was laughing the entire time. I love the whole, uh, mother-daughter aspect she's like trying to she's so embarrassed and she's she's trying to hide the race from her but her mom comes to to, to get her give her her lunch and her underwear is flying everywhere <laughs> it makes her feel really bad but uh they 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 have a bonding moment and they win the race and i i just loved everything about it like it, it was it was a very good episode i I'd, I'd also put this in my top five like it was, I, I, I just oh. recently watched it. And it was, I loved it. Yeah, no, this was, uh, this totally worked for me. I think one of my, the funniest moments was uh, one of the teams is like mocking the Wookiee baby. They're like, <laughs> like sticking yes. their tongue out in it. And the Wookiee baby like <laughs> rips the stuffed animal and they're like scared. Like, I don't, that was like so cute and fun. I, I, yeah, there's a lot of moments like that in this episode that just, yeah, fired. Um, Tommy, what did, how did you feel about I Am Your Mother? Yeah, I, I it's adorable, right? Like, it's such a, a cute story. I think, like, it's it's needed. Like, if we're looking at the season as a whole, they're so well-paced. And, like, we are dealing with, like, a lot of darker things. It's nice to break it up, have kind of, like, a maybe more focused for kids kind of episode here. Um, but it, it's great. But also, it's for adults. Do you know how many Easter eggs are in this episode? Like, so many things, I, you know, the internet's a buzz about they're trying to make sense why uh, Maz has Luke's, Luke's lightsaber in this episode. It's uh, it's in the, the store, um, but also the hand, which is like, uh, why, why are we selling off Luke's hand? I don't, I don't, I, I would probably would buy it. There's precedent for that, by the way. <laughs> Buying hands? Well, the, uh, I, I feel like it's for another episode, but okay. um, Luke's hand, has, it is important. The okay. severed hand. 
Um, and, and this is one too, where I think the voice acting for me really matched what they're showing and like the mother in general, so warm, so lo- like, I, I loved the mother. I love the lines at the end. Um, yeah, this one just genuinely was just a, a feel good episode that I needed. <laughs> uh, yeah, Michelle, what are your thoughts on, uh, I am your mother, which by the way, I'm just now realizing is also uh, a parallel to Luke. I am your father. So yeah. <laughs> uh, again, it's like poetry. So if they rhyme, yeah. um, <laughs> Michelle, what did you think? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I loved it. It was quite the whiplash going from crying my eyes out to having a good laugh. Um, but I definitely think they did that intentionally. I think it found the perfect balance between like being funny, but then having like that really sweet, like touching moments between Annie and her mom, like towards the end. And yeah, it was just fun. Like, I'm really excited to dig back into the episode again and find all of those like hidden Easter eggs in the backgrounds of the like environment shots and everything. Um, Personally, it reminded me a lot of a rebels episode, just sort of like this little mini self-contained story. But I also felt like because there was just such great banter between Annie and her mom that I like already knew the character in a way, like I knew the type of characters that they were. So I really enjoyed um, just, I just enjoyed it overall and just, you know, it was like a fun, it was fun. And it was a great, uh, like just, you know, beautiful animation as well. Um, so yeah, I was a big fan. No, that's really well said from like the first moment, like it's, she's actually watching like uh wedge until he's talking about the race, the family race on like a laptop or something. Yeah. And she, he says the, it's a family race and she slams like shut. And like from that moment, like I, like you said, I knew those characters. Like I immediately thought of Mitchell's versus the Machine, which is about kids and their embarrassing parents. So, um, yeah, I totally that was uh, that was great. So, this is one of the episodes that I, I would take a whole series of this doing like a like almost like a your young adult high school like flight academy. Go into the flight academy, a little sillier Star Wars because we're like we're always so dark. Like I would love to see more of Annie and her. She's going to be the best pilot of all time, okay? I'm calling it now. <laughs> I would love that studio to do a movie for Star Wars. I feel like they do a really good job. Just just like that, too. It doesn't even have to be the same story, but just, just make it goofy and not caring too much, and I guarantee you people would see it and love it. Yeah, it's so cartoony, uh, even like the villains. Like, Tom, you mentioned like they're not mustache whirly. These villains are mustache whirly. I, I played the sound <laughs> clip earlier. I loved it. They let anyone in these days. Um, <laughs> there were a lot of great sound clips from that duo. I pulled this one because I feel like I could use it the most, but like every line just had me cracking <laughs> up. Yeah. Then that mother reminded me of like Lucius Melboy from the, the Harry Potter series. Like very like that, the, yeah, like very mustache whirly, snarky lines that are like <laughs> You know you're saying this publicly. Like, what are you doing? Uh, All right. Any other final thoughts on I Am Your Mother? Okay. Let's move on to Journey to the Dark Head from Studio Mur, um, a South Korean animation studio. This is about a pilot that teams up with a Jedi to destroy a Sith monument, but the Jedi has to face his fears and defeat an old enemy. Um, This was one, I'll be honest, the first time I watched it, I heard a lot of people like, this is my favorite episode. I was like, I don't know that this one clicks as much for me. I like it more on the on the second watch. Um, but I'm excited to hear from you guys about if you loved it and why. Uh, so I don't know whoever wants to talk on Journey to the Dark yet. 
this is up there for me, Michael. This is I maybe it's my anime brand. I'm, I'm, I'm it, you know, I mean, I'm newly newly minted anime guy. This felt it. I, this is another one that I want a full series on. I want to know more about these two. Uh, I I felt like it's one that had so much backstory built into it and so much lore. Uh, more than more than some of them that, that that's what worked for me is like it felt like a fully built out story there's still more to tell in my eyes in this story and i feel like it, it just really worked for me in a lot of levels uh yeah michelle what'd you think of uh journey to the dark end oh man i mean i think yeah to echo tommy a bit the the lore and the history in the short was really cool reminded me a ton of the ninth jedi from the first volume um and and in that same vein like wanting to know more and like just get more of the world um this is the only one of the volume that i i ironically almost because of that reason so opposite of tommy that i didn't i didn't it's further down on my list only because i felt that there was so much to grasp in such a short amount of time. I actually, when I initially watched it, I re re like rewound the the stream a bit to go back and like listen to the scene, like a certain scene again, because they were just like the you know they were explaining a lot of the exposition via dialogue or whatever. And so, um, and that just could be my own preference of like I'm I'm such a visual type of person where I like I don't usually like a lot of major exposition and dialogue form i like to see it so but that being said still absolutely phenomenal i loved um I, I did listen to the korean uh language uh cast version with the english subtitles which i think was the way to go and just like the emotion in it you can just tell that like the jedi toll was so like just like had all this weight on his shoulders, and it, I mean, like from an acting perspective, it was utterly brilliant. Um, I also just and definitely just enjoyed the style and like that. This I'm I'm pretty new to anime in general. Um, have totally embarrassing, but I've not really watched anything outside of like you know Star Wars's uh, first steps into anime through visions or whatnot. Um, but. I really liked the fighting style. Like it's different from all the other shorts and, and sort of, and that's what's brilliant about animation, right? Is the like exaggeration that you can do like with lightsaber fights or characters jumping around or whatever. So, um, and then um, just being like, you know, similar in terms of Japanese anime or whatnot, like from the first, from, from the first volume. Um, it's, it's great. It's like, it was, it was really well done. So. Well, I think I'll get Luke to speak on this a little bit more because I think he is um, probably the one that watches the most anime. But I think one thing that I noticed in the fighting style in this and as well as, you know, kind of like you, Michelle, uh, my anime knowledge is Star Wars Visions at this point. Uh, but uh, one thing I have noticed is like w the technique in that they use they use the entire terrain to fight like it's always like a huge like they're like sliding back like 30 feet and then like jumping another 30 <laughs> yeah feet. like uh which you know that's kind of jedi to begin with but yeah luke uh, how did you feel about this as far as like an anime oh man i think this this studio really knocked it out of the park i mean I, 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 while i was watching the series i actually didn't think there was going to be any anime and i was pleasantly surprised that there's there's two it's this one and dig but I think they did a really good job. Um, some of the dialogue had me a little lost, but that may be because I was babysitting three kids while I was watching this too. So I, I was like trying to turn up the volume so I could I could listen. But 
some of those shots are really good and the action sequences top par for anime also um i know, I know uh, tommy's just now getting an anime and michelle you're you're wanting you may want to start yeah uh, and a good way to do that would be just look at the studios that did season one and go on their portfolio and you could you could find a really good one uh if if like one of the episodes stood out to you more than the others yeah yeah, well, it's a great so suggestion. It's, yeah, yeah, great launching point for for uh, other stuff. I think Tommy. I think my big thing for it, it, when we talk about these visions episodes, and I'm noticing a pattern for myself that like um, I really like the ones that feel way more self-contained, and this one felt like the third act of something else. And they did pretty good with the flashbacks and kind of getting me caught up. But I, I think still, I was like, I felt like I needed more. And like while you say, Tommy, like I feel like you, the biggest compliment you could give an episode is like, oh, I want a full series. For me, I'm like, well, this I feel like this should have been a full series, and maybe that's why I didn't. Yeah. Me as well. yeah. And again, that's the point of visions. It's all different flavors for different people. For me, some of the like more simple stories, yeah, is more confined. But I'm like, okay. That was good, but like I'm not looking for more. And I guess I always want something where I'm like, yeah, please like spoon feed me more of this material. I want more of this. So both good, you know. And and uh, like I said, I hear where you guys are coming from. Definitely dialogue heavy. And again, I think my brain is changed. I watched oh, the entirety of Naruto. Okay, I'm used to like big expedition dumps of dialogue. <laughs> like <laughs> that's awesome. That's funny. Um, yeah, so I also, one other thing, I think if, you know, a lot of the themes that kind of are mimicked throughout the season, I think a big comparison here is the Sith, uh, where the kind of the lesson is like, hey, don't mess with the Force. Like, there is the light and the dark, and you have to embrace both. So, uh, interesting takeaways here. So, uh, any other thoughts on Journey to the Dark Head? Okay, well... Let's move on to uh, another one of my favorites, uh, The Spy Dancer, uh, which is from Studio, studio La Cachette, which is a French animation studio, which I had mentioned uh, to Luke before the show that they also did Primal, which is uh, one of my favorite uh, animated projects, which I covered on the Two Dudes Watch Cartoons podcast. So if anybody really wants to get more of my thoughts on that, they can go check it out there. So uh, super excited to see this studio put their uh, foot in the game. And I think also very similar um to uh in the stars i felt like this had a lot of very specific french influences um you know the first thing that came to mind when i watched this episode was inglorious bastards which actually is also based on uh other french influences from the uh you know the French were expected to entertain the Nazis almost as if they were clowns, right? And I think that, you know, from dancers to cinema to plays, a lot of their art was, um, you know, uh, corrupted by having to perform for the Nazis, which, um, you know, that's another thing that, you know, I encourage everyone to continue to educate themselves on. But um, the Spy Dancer is about uh, a mother who uh, is part of the rebellion, but also a dancer. And they basically use the dances to get intel on the empire. And they later find out that one of the heads there, the big twist is it's actually her son, which this absolutely godsmacked me. And it kind of changed my perspective on the entire episode. And um, it totally worked for me. So Tommy, the spy dancer, what did you think? I just ranted so much. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I was just forgot I was muted. I, uh, <laughs> Love the dancing fighting. I, I, I'm a sucker for that in like any medium where it's like 
Yeah, dancing is an art form, and it is sometimes way more powerful than just brute force. And I love the way they use the the, the streams, the the fabric uh, in it. I think it both artistically and also like style stylistically, fighting style wise, uh, incredible. I think the infant twist it was incredible. That kind of was jarring to me of like, oh okay, that's one of those where like you guys are saying about the last episode, it felt like there was like more more that I needed to like just catch up on. Of, oh, okay. Okay. We're here. Okay. That makes sense now. Um, where I think like this could have benefited from a little bit longer of an episode and, and get filling in that part. But it's, again, we're talking about A's. It still worked for me and I still loved seeing the art. So uh, love the spy dancer as well. Michelle, I know you're a big spy dancer fan. So I, I am. Get yeah. Here. Yeah. This is one of my top three. Um, Though I will say it's funny because probably within the last or over the weekend or whatnot. So my order currently is uh, In the Stars, Ow's Song, Spy Dancer, Screechers Reach. And I don't know what the fifth one is, but Screechers Reach might be flip-flopped a little bit into third place. Nevertheless, I absolutely loved this one. Um, very much uh, what Tommy was saying about like just the, the beauty of the whole like dance performance. And then of course, when it, she does it again, but this time she's kicking some bass, you know, kicking some ass. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um, this is, this is one where I really wanted a sequel. So it's funny. I like, I tend to like the ones that are more self-contained, but then this one is up there on the, on the list for me as well, particularly because I was so gobsmacked and like wanted that sequel and was like, oh my gosh, what a twist. Uh, but yeah, I really loved the style and just like like the backgrounds were beautiful and just like the landscapes and um, I found it very colorful, um, which was just sort of really cool. And um, I thought that the plot ended on like a very um, sweet note. It sort of reminded me a little bit of like, like the perspective of the story suddenly shifted to the sun. And there, you're left with this question of, is he, like, going to try to go after her? Or, like, is she going to show up again one day because she, you know, gave him, like, the tracker or whatever? Or he he can, you know, find her or whatever. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Rogue One, that that ending where you end up just, just seeing Leia. Because, obviously, unfortunately, all of the characters that we've gotten to know over the course of the movie have made their sacrifice. So it ends the story shifting to another pivotal like character. So this is one where I was like, Oh my God, if we get a sequel, be really cool to then have the rest of it be from the son's perspective of him being like, and thinking about, Oh my gosh, my mother found me. What do I feel about this? Like, I would want to know, does he, how is he wavering now in his like support for the empire? All these questions. Uh, so yeah, it was really, really beautiful. And, and I guess to echo Michael's point to the, the bit about, like this being very reflective of French culture, like what you said, um, French dancers like were those spies uh, during uh, the world wars and whatnot, which is just really cool that that history is sort of being told through the lens of Star Wars. So yeah, it was a great short. Yes, we love that. Luke, um, what did you think of Spy Dancer? You're a big dancer, right, Luke? Oh, oh yeah, I dance all the time. <laughs> Alone, where no one can see me. Yeah. Uh, man, this episode was really was really special. I feel like um, it was. It's really cool how 
they they don't have to say a lot, but they let your imagination kind of fill in those blanks. Like she's dancing, and and you see her her assassin from assassin like her assassin spikes, and you're just like <sighs> she's she's probably killed so many so many Imperials. yeah and then like you you see you find out you know that's that's her lost son and it's like uh, like what what has he been thinking this entire time and and i don't know if you guys noticed but when he take he took off his hat it looked like he had shaven down his horns just to kind of cut like maybe fit in more i i'm I'm not sure uh oh shit did you guys guys see that because it was it's a super subtle i didn't notice it until the second time but yeah He'd completely oh! cut him off. Yeah, and I was like, "That's amazing." Shit. He's just trying to. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if the Empire just wanted them to be more uniform, or he just wanted to fit in more. But it, it was really sad to see that. Yeah, I love when stories like I. I hate, but I. I love when stories yeah. do that because it does. There's so much symbolism between you know I'm a D and D guy. Tieflings and horns is a huge thing of like it's like you're kicked out of your clan if you like if your horns get destroyed in that way, and so it is like. There's this like punch that like that happened uh, as well, yeah. Yeah, no, that was uh, super subtle. It's like it's not even like focused on. It's like he just has like two little red spots, and it's uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. This was, I mean, I think you've all said it. Uh, I would love to see more of this. This was really great. Um, what else? What else on the spy dancer? The music Ooh, was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, for Loved sure. it. Yeah. I think that's the thing with this one is like regardless of it, the style and the art and the, the everything just it pushes it so much further just because it's so like unique in its own uh, way. Yeah, yeah. We haven't talked about the music a bunch, and actually, I, I forgot to mention as well, Journey to the Darkhead, which actually uh, one that didn't necessarily connect perfectly with me, but like the music, especially in the fighting, I was like, it really was built suspension. And uh, you know, all the episodes did it. That one stood out to me specifically, but um, yeah, so. Uh, we can move on to what's next here. Uh, the Bandits of Golok, is that right? I think so. Um, yes. From 88 Pictures, which is an Indian animation studio. Another one that didn't have like a whole lot of notable ones for me. I think the big one was Troll Hunters, which I've like heard of, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, but this one is about a brother and sister that are on the run after people discover she has the Force. And a Jedi saves her from an Inquisitor and recruits her to an academy Tommy, uh, what did you think about this one? I feel like this one, again, uh, very much entrenched in the culture. Yes, I was just going to say the same thing. Definitely, like, I think there's there's influence of, of having to flee, having to escape. Um, and uh, I think this one, like, it, I for me, I got lost a little bit. I think I needed to, like, watch it a couple more times to fully embrace it. But I think, like, uh, the symbolism of the flute that again there's another sad one where it's like the breaking of a pair it's like it still got me emotionally by the end of it of like oh okay the bandits have broken like that I was like oh my heart <laughs> where did that come from um, and, and I think there is like a lot of like really subtle things this one is doing that I think like you can rewatch this and see little details I think every single time you watch uh, this this uh, episode Uh yeah, this little kid, what a punk. Always, like, giving up her spot. Uh, I was getting so annoyed. I was like, come on, just hide the force. You'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> Michelle, what did you think about the bandits? Uh, yeah, it was really great. Um, I I absolutely loved the incorporation of Indian culture in this short. Everything from the, the music, especially during 
Um, I think a couple of the more action intense scenes um, and also like the locations and the, the, the like, you know, clothing and stuff that all the characters are wearing. I just found it really cool how part of the world um, these very like real, you know, like things in Indian culture were in this short. So that was really amazing. Um, yeah, I think that similar to some of these other ones, these these studios have found the perfect balance between having like a short that's either really funny and action packed or, or whatnot, but then also just having like right at the end there that like touching moment or that, you know, that moment where you pulls it, it pulls at your heartstrings a little bit because the lessons being learned or, you know, things are coming to a conclusion and in this case the bandits are breaking up um but it still felt hopeful at the end you know um because like charok knew that he was doing the right thing for his sister because that's clearly what they he, they had started to go that direction anyway um like at the beginning of the short so yeah it was um it was very beautiful and, and the animation style is very fun too um I saw at least a number of people, you know, sort of drawing parallels between the sort of 3D style of this short and what is um, super popular with Clone Wars and and, Bo and Bad Batch as well. So that's, you know, the lightsaber fights are fun uh, and everything. So, yeah, um, it was really great. Luke, I want to get your opinion on this. This was another weird moment for me where... Um, you know, we as we know of the Jedi Order, and we know this lady's a Jedi, like, she seems trustworthy enough, but, like, I don't know, like, underwater base, like, he didn't get to see that there were other people down there. Uh, I don't know. It was a little, uh, part of me was like, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that, that that's another another kidnapping. Uh, <laughs> uh, honestly. Oh, no. <laughs> well, let's just say this was, this is like my daughter or something, and we're just, she's, we're trying to hide the force, and uh, also, like, this, this is realistic because if you like gave a kid the force, this is the shit they'd be doing all day. They'd be, they'd be fucking up everything, blowing your cover. But yeah, no, I, I would not let her go with that lady. No, nope, sorry. We're going to another planet. We're not going to do that. Well, but, I can't uh, even I, come I with, Luke. <laughs> exactly. What's the secret? I mean, I get it's a secret, but wouldn't it be better if the brother came? But no, she, he just goes, he goes down there. The bubbles come up. And then the fruit slowly passes by and he smiles. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, you just lost your your sister. I hope you're able to see her one day. Yeah. It's like taking your kid to summer camp, but like you get to the gate and they're like, no, you're good. Just drop her off and go. It's like, well, can I like see the conditions here? What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> let me you... let me walk down there. <laughs> uh, it's nitpicky, uh, but uh, yeah, was, I, I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, I thought that was um, funny too. Let's see what else. What else on the the bandits here? Oh, the villain. I thought oh, yeah. his what design was about? super cool. Yeah. And and he, he they they got the, the inspiration from the Inquisitor lightsaber. I like that they brought that over. Yeah. But uh, that was awesome. Did anyone catch? I didn't look at the credits. Did they specify which Inquisitor this is? Mm -mm. Ooh, good question. Just as Inquisitor. Okay. Because I feel like at this point, isn't there like one or two that we don't know about? Like, I feel like we've kind of covered all the Inquisitors at this point. Then again, this is not <laughs> technically canon, so it yeah. could be anything, but it's a, I don't know. Maybe they were uh, foreshadowing something. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I guess he's dead now. But. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he always could be like Darth Maul and yeah. become robotic or something. You never know who's going to come back these days. <laughs> That's right. <Yeah. laughs> 
No one's ever truly gone. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like Marvel or Star Wars. <laughs> returns. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on to another one of my personal favorites. It is The Pit from, oh, I'm going to butcher this one, Dayart Shajaro, which is a Japanese animation studio. Another one that I didn't recognize a whole bunch of stuff, but uh, this is about a group of diggers left in a pit to die after digging for kyber crystals. One boy tells the city and they save them. Um, this seemed like an episode of Andor, Tommy, like straight up. <laughs> this is like, this is a one way out uh, to a T almost. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it totally was. And it, it, it is a, an episode that uh, it, uh, like, it's like, I feel chills, the, the follow the light, the chanting at the I, I felt chills. Like it, it was, uh, I think the, a very dark, like in a way, like, that I didn't think about at the time, but the more I think about it, like the darkness of them just great. You, you dug this for us. You're still not free. We're just going to leave you here. That's like, uh, I know the, the, that they're evil, you know, obviously I've seen enough Star Wars to know, uh, but this felt like extra evil for me. I don't know. This felt like extra dark for the empire. And, and, and uh, I'm glad they got out. That's all I gotta say. Lisa ended happy on that that side, and I think the art in this really, uh, again, different, but it, it worked for me in a lot of ways. And the, the way with the city, like I said, with that follow the light sequence, I think was my favorite part of the entire episode. Yeah, I agree. The space Nazis, Tommy, they would never do something like this. <laughs> They didn't just blow up planets or anything, right? Listen, I'm not. I understand they're bad. I'm just saying it feels more personal, and it's like you can't let one pit of uh, they just found you a driver. They're doing their thing. I don't know. Okay. I've seen them. I've seen them have sympathy. <laughs> uh, you got my brain whirling on that one, uh, Michelle. What did you think about the pit? Yeah, it was really something um i i'm glad you mentioned andor because yeah i also i found it truly horrific um like i i found it difficult to watch because it was so awful the idea of all of those people being left there and it reminded me of the very like terrible treatment of the prisoner prisoners in andor and um i think when you think about how this short was created in you know with very real things happening in our world and mind and that was intentional by the creators it's it's difficult it's like just emotional and um you know very uh just it was emotional all around you went from very serious then to to the those sequences about using your voice and finding the light which is so hopeful so it was just quite the roller coaster of a story from start to finish. Um, I loved it, and I loved that 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 metaphor, right? And once again, like bringing in the force and the light side, and using your voice, helping others hear their voices, hear the force, and the right the right thing to do within themselves. I thought all of that was utterly beautiful. Um, yeah, it was a, a very and and I couldn't I I will say I couldn't believe they actually. Um, like killed the main character that really surprised me and and so but it also just went along with the intent the general like tone of the whole thing is that yes they are showing this because this is what the empire would do this is what terrible people in our world do so um you know yeah it was it was a it was a very important story that i'm really glad got told and i'm really glad that it it had 
the hope in it that it did, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, Luke, uh, any other thoughts about the pit? Truly, uh, this has to be the darkest one, like, because I, I mentioned there's a lot of people thrown off cliffs. This is the one that he actually died. I was not expecting that. Uh, what do you think, Luke? Yeah, I, during that scene, I, I was thinking, like, someone was going to come, like, a Jedi was going to come and, like, hold him up. But no, he just, he just falls to his death. But yeah, this one is definitely one of the darker ones. Um, a, a lot of blood diamond parallel and i was halfway expecting uh the citizens not to help them because yes uh, you know what i mean because it, it's like they're, they're the lower class and this is this is the high class and he had to go all the way up and there would be like this is just some dirty crazy guy but what, what is he talking about but they all they all prevailed and they, they saved him also what i like about this uh it, it, it kind of bleeds into the next episode because at the end, when she's on the the transporter, she she turns her crystal blue. Then the next episode is about someone yeah. that the girl that can sing and unbleed uh, kyber crystals or or, or purify rather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a coincidence there for sure. Um... <laughs> yeah, I, no, I totally agree that, like, th- they weren't nice when he went to the city, right? They're all ignoring him. Yeah. Um, and and even when they, like, they look over the ledge and then they, like, disappear and they're all like, oh, you d- oh you're not coming back, are you? Uh, yeah, so it's a roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts about the pit? Oh, we can move on. The, yeah. This is the same studio that, if any, if any listeners out there listen to Sergio Simpson, this is the yeah. same studio that did their net their Netflix series, his Netflix series on uh, Sound and Fury. It's really good. Yeah, I need to watch that. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's move on to Ao's song. Uh, this one's awesome. This one's from Triggerfish, a South African studio about a young child that is able to sing to corrupted kyber crystals to purify them. I thought this one, like, the most visually stunning of them all. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know that I can say it's my favorite, but I really want to just because it's so cute. I love the Jedi in this one, the Jedi, like I want more of that Jedi. Um, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Tommy, what'd you think of uh, Al's song? Yeah, I, I adore this one. It's so pure. Uh, and it's like, it's the perfect ending to a very dark season of visions that like end on this, like, no, uh, and like, I love the Corba people. <laughs> like, I love their design. I love, like you said, visually, just beautiful, vibrant colors in the entire thing. And the message, like, I love the messaging. Um, I love that she, like, stood up and kept fighting. Again, the, the, the idea you talked about at the beginning, the idea of, like, the younger generation, like, having a backbone and being like, listen, parents, like, I will still fight for what I need to. I will still, like, uh, do do what is necessary, what I believe could could happen what i can make a difference in uh and in the end when like they leave and it was again this had my heart like i don't know being away from my family uh, i live across the country i was like oh that's so sad like it it got me (laughs) yeah i mean star wars is so anti-authoritarian in uh every single aspect that like you know i kind of joked at the beginning is about a lot of these episodes are about a young child uh disobeying but like that's kind of what Star Wars is all about. Like uh, from, from one child about listening to their parent to an entire rebellion. So um, Michelle, what did you think about Al's song? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll echo what you guys have said so far. Um, this short was just adorable. I have like it's on my favorites list, like very much because of the animation style and how cute. I think she is like a Star Wars bear. I think that's what she is. You know how certain aliens sort of like look like Akbar's like a fish, right? <laughs> She's a bear. I think they're bears. <laughs> <laughs> she is the cutest Star Wars bear. Um, and I like not only visually, like the textures and the colors and the movement was beautiful. I really, really liked the subtlety though, because the whole time Ow it doesn't speak until she starts singing. So the way that they're able to convey her emotion purely through her eyes getting a little bit smaller or bigger, or like her, you know, she pulls the cloth over her face or whatnot. It was just so well done. Um, and uh, I, I really, yeah, I think it was a perfect ending short for the volume to, to, just bring, you know, speak to the same things that have been being said by all of them. You know, all the episodes, this idea of using your voice, and in her case, quite literally, um, and finding the force within yourself. I, yeah, it was just all around a very, um, a very beautiful story. Yeah. And more kidnapping. Kidnapping watch. There it is. So this Biggest... one, she went a little. She just yeah. she went go willingly. Yeah. She, <laughs> she, she, uh, she went to college here. This Jedi seems a little bit more trustworthy than some of the other uh, kidnappers <laughs> in, from the other episodes. <laughs> All right, that's gonna be our next five. Ranking the kidnappings. On the <laughs> How bad they are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually not a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> uh, Luke, Al's song, did this work for you? Oh, it, I loved it. Uh, the animation style, like Michelle was saying, it I, it was amazing. Like, they all just look like these cute little small teddy bears that you can buy, you know, right that, that fit right in your hand. And it's just, it's the whole thing's beautiful. And the set design, I was like pausing and looking. I was like, these guys, this, this is another really small studio. And they really knocked it out of the park. Like, it looks so good. It kind of reminded me of the, I think it's called The Amazing World of Gumball. I know that that's a little yeah. bit, uh, we're a little bit too old for that show, but. Uh, it, not Tommy, though. <laughs> <laughs> you were not along. I know. I was going to hide it for the audio listeners. Like, all right, let's just hide that away. But. <laughs> But yeah, I loved it. This was it made me that that uh, episode made me really happy, and I think it's on my top five. Honestly, it's good. Yeah, I know, Michael. We've been talking about the plushie game. I'm just saying, Disney, like, give me the I plushie of these. Yes, please. I would buy the whole set. Honestly. Star Wars Vision season one did pretty good on the merch. I'm wearing the twin shirt, so yes. like I think it's a it's not an impossibility. It could you know, be a good funny. a good. It's like yeah. now that the shorts are out, you would have expected to see a lot of merch. But I went searching for some the other day, and I literally found nothing, oh, nothing no. for volume two. It's such a crime. I remember <laughs> Amazon had a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah and, and Amazon was stuff. the main releaser of mm -hmm. all the season one stuff. Yeah, I'll have to go hunting for it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've I just looked up Star Wars Visions. It's I only see season one stuff so far. So far, so maybe it's coming. I guess we'll have to wait. But. Yeah. Disney, if you're listening, make plushies. 
Yeah. We, yeah. We, all right, guys. We need to get together. We need to start a chant outside of Disney. Follow <laughs> <laughs> oh, the merch. Follow yeah. the merch. Facts. Um. All right. Well, that covers uh, all of the episodes here. Um, this was uh, so much fun to talk with all of you guys. Any other final thoughts on season two? What about season? Any expectations for season three? When do you think we do like repeats? Do we think that we never like? Do we think we never go there, or do we think we constantly keep creating new stories instead of going back to any of these stories? I, I think they could go. They could do that next season because they have enough content now. But if they wanted to go another direction, they could. They could honestly do more studios from all around the world because there's still more. And they could do American studios too, which would be, could be interesting to see. I don't even know if like P Pixar would touch this, but they might. They're the same company, so I don't see why they wouldn't. But it'd be kind of cool to see. Pixar would be great. Tartakovsky, I need to see him get put his uh, hat in the ring here. There's, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I think we have enough from like American Studios, but if we're going to go there, there's a lot of gold to be mined. I, I think, I don't know that uh, I would expect sequels within Visions. I think what would not surprise me as much is if they decide, if they like one studio so much that they're like, all right, you can make your own show. I think that that would be the next possible step. So, yeah. and again, not necessarily a sequel, but like, hey, we, we can collaborate on something like, you know, what's yeah. the next resistance or whatever. So, um, all right. What else, guys? Any other final thoughts? Now that you mention it, some of the some of the uh, episodes kind of do seem like a pitch to Disney. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> They're like, we're, let's make this so good and so, like, leaving you with so many questions that people are going to demand for a season of this. And, and that's why you mentioned like the smaller studios. You're like, how did they pull this off? And it's like, I picture them like they get the call from, from uh, Lucasfilm and they're like, pause everything, throw everything <laughs> at this. Like no other project matters. This is like our shot. And I talked about this back in season one where like what I love so much about this concept is like, there are like creators, people that have gone out into the filmmaking world that were inspired by Star Wars. The reason they create other properties is because they were inspired by Star Wars. And, you know, while they're like sharing their stories, there's probably still like, you know, for me as a creator, you know, somebody that has written comic books in the past. And let's say one of my comic books blew up. That would be great. But I would always be like, man, I wish I could work for Star Wars. And like, man, that's not really a possibility. But then it becomes a possibility, and they give these people the chance to do something in their own world. And um, I think that that is what is so great about what Star Wars Visions is doing. So and it's like everyone, like Tommy, imagine right now they call you, like, this is your one shot. This is it. Don't miss. Like, yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I'm giving every, like, I'm giving, I'm quitting everything I've done before. <laughs> I'm going all in on animation. You're throwing baby. Star Wars out the window. Star Wars, <laughs> see, you, see you later, Michael. Uh, <laughs> No, but like to your point, and it also brings a, a new audience to their what they've already made. I think it's such a big opportunity that like, yeah, I think any studio is clamoring for this. Uh, and, and I just like going off this, I love anthology series. Like I love it. I love I'm a huge love death robot fan because what it does is like it caters to so many people because like we saw as we talked about these it hits different things for different people. There's almost no genre or type of animation that isn't covered in these series. And that's so wonderful to see because I think so many times we get cookie cutter, especially with animation. I'm a, I'm a big advocate for the fact that A, 
animation isn't just for kids it can be for adults as well and the fact that uh in the fact yeah, that gumball i make it on a passionate speech but yeah like it is like it is a, like a huge stance that like i try to advocate for all the time it's like we can tell compelling stories in this way and in unique ways and sometimes I, I we do so many cookie cutter things that are just because it sells and it's nice to do things because we want to inspire and we want to create and not just sell like money. Sell to the big companies that already have millions of money already. <laughs> yes. Um, and I have to double down on the Love, Death, and Robots. Like, if you really love Visions and you don't know what to watch next, like, Love, Death, and Robots is Star Wars Visions outside of Star Wars. Like, it's the same concept. So, Definitely check that out. And I believe, I can't remember which one. I've seen some of the studios have worked on uh, Love, Death, and Robots as well. So, um, all right. Well, um, this was so much fun, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Michelle, I want to give you the chance to uh, tell the audience uh, all the fun stuff you're up to, where they can find you online, and whatever else you want to plug. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, first and foremost, thank you all for having me. This has been a blast. Uh, I absolutely love just talking star wars who doesn't um uh yeah so i recently started my own podcast um it's not the first time i have podcasted but this is what i'm calling the 2023 edition uh of fulcrum's broadcast that's my uh that's my new podcast um working on getting it on all platforms but right now you can find it on uh amazon music and apple podcasts um, and I'm over on Instagram, uh, at Ahsoka Xtano. Um, if you want to find all news about Star Wars animation and geek out with me about all things Star Wars, I'll be over there. Um, but yeah, thank you again for having me. It's been a treat. Yes, absolutely. Luke, I want to, the, the same to you, what's going on in your world. You can also, we talked about this last, uh, my last episode, but, uh, you, you have a project you and I have a project coming up here pretty soon. Uh, if you want to talk about that. Yeah. So we have a project we're working on. It's a new podcast comes out tomorrow. It's called call me senpai. And it's my journey as an anime expert, giving someone like Michael who isn't too keen on anime, but wants to learn more. And we're going to go through a journey on getting him into it and getting caught up. I'm going to start him slow on movies. And then we'll move up to series, but it's going to be a lot of fun. You can find me at uh, at Luke McGee, and the podcast will be Call Me Senpai Pop. That's Luke, amazing. you do you're doing a service because you know how Luke long I've been. Do you know how long <laughs> I've been trying to get this guy to try one one measly uh, anime? Oh yeah, I've been trying for ten years. This is ten years in the making. <laughs> yeah. This is really, it's all, oh my God. Shame, Michael, about it. I, I, this is this is the best way to do it. Uh, I like creating content, so like the, you, that's how you force me to do. It. If you like, hey, you want to do a chore? Like, can I do a podcast afterward at least? So uh, yeah, yeah, Luke, I'll be in touch. I have some I have some thoughts. Oh, knowing Tommy. Michael's yeah, we'll, we'll... yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm gonna have you on soon. All right. Okay. <laughs> have your people call my people. Uh, absolutely. Which is Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Michael. He'll, he'll let me know. I'm both Tommy's people and Luke's people. So <laughs> it's quite great. Um, 
All right, guys, I will close this out here. I like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify, preferably five stars. Also, please subscribe because we're going to be here every single week and sometimes multiple times a week. Um, we're going to have another Visions podcast. We're going to where we will be giving our top five episodes of all time. So uh, if you subscribe, you'll get that right to your phone. You'll get a notification. It's super convenient. Um, also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Star Wars Pod. And also, we have a little Discord community. So if that's something you're interested in, you can hit us up and we will get you a link. But that is all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Do you think people hit the plus 30 seconds oh, on that? They, to get to the they, definitely, they definitely skipped the buy. Yeah, uh, 100%. I, I feel like after. <laughs>